I want to wish you a happy new year. Right? It's it's a new year. Now, you won't hear me. I've used it in years past, but everybody, it's a cliche. You know, a new year and a new you. Well, no, not exactly for us this morning. I mean, yeah, that's our goal, but I, I'm not going to use that theme. We might use that next year. Who knows? But as we get started, I want to share a, a message, a post that a pastor friend of mine in Tennessee, he's a youth pastor, he shared this week, and sometimes I love his posts because they're so short, they're so sweet, they're punchy, but they make you stop and think. Amen. That's what they're really intended to do. You don't have to be long and wordy. But listen to what, his name is Brandon Blair, listen to what Brandon said. He said, look back and thank God. Look forward and trust God. Look up and seek God. And look around and serve God. Amen. What a very simple post, but there is so much truth wrapped in that. It's so great to see all of you this morning. I know we had a few people traveling for the holidays. And I just want to mention last week's message. Um, As we came off of Christmas and the message that the Lord placed on my heart, it seemed to connect with some folks. I've had some great conversations after church and in this past week about things that people heard. So I encourage you, if you missed last week or if you miss any week, it's a great opportunity for you to go back, to go to our website, BibleFellowshipSumter.com. All of the messages, the audio from the messages are on there. Maybe if you're touched by one of the messages, not from me, but... I share this because it's a tool, it's a means that the ministry of Bible Fellowship Church is bigger than these four walls. It's bigger than the the acreage, this plot of land that we sit on. Amen? We have a Facebook page, we have a website, we have the audio that's out there. And so if there's something that you've been blessed by, then share it. Right? They don't necessarily have to come here. Maybe you take that and you send it to someone who maybe is struggling or some other message that we preach. So I just call your attention to that. Last week was... um, a great week. As I told you, I enjoyed our time together in December. The sanctuary was decorated beautifully. The songs that we sung were beautiful. The, the scripture that we read was beautiful. We All of our attention and our focus was on the coming Christ. Amen? And so what a beautiful season it was. And so last week I called your attention to worship. Right? And I asked, were there any of you in here that are an expert on worship? And not one of you raised your hand. Me included. But I did share with you a quote from Pastor Johnny Hunt, and I want to share it again today. Why do we desire corporately or collectively what we don't desire personally and privately? Worship begins in your prayer closet with the door shut. That we don't desire personally and privately, right? We want the hand of God to to move within our church, within this community, but we want to see it manifest on the big picture. But what about personally? So do we desire that? I want you to hold that thought because we'll get back there in just a few minutes. So this morning, I am excited. As I already told you, there's there's so much on any given Sunday that, you know, well, do we don't forget to announce this and don't forget to say this and we need to make sure we are, you know, pointing people here and, you know, we got to do this and this needs to happen, right? There's all these things going through my mind. But this morning is kind of extra special and I'm excited because we kick off a new series. And I want to kind of give you a little bit of background really quick of, of kind of where we're going. I don't know how long we'll be in this series, 
right? But thank God that he's just been stirring within my heart, within my mind. And so back a few months ago, I think it was before Thanksgiving, uh, we had our... um, Let's, uh, brainstorming session to kick around some ideas, right? We've had some deacons meetings. We've had some other conversations. And, and I don't remember exactly when I wrote it down, but I took a scrap sheet of paper, and on the back of it, I wrote these two words, go deeper. And I drew a little arrow pointing down, go deeper. I've been doing a lot of thinking about what it means to go deeper. And so over the course of the next couple of weeks, we will look at some avenues and some areas of our lives as Christians, as believers, as human beings who should be seeking God. Not everybody is where they should be. Amen? But we're, I want to challenge you to go past the surface and go deeper. Get past the surface and go deeper. This week, Miss Terry dropped a bomb. Now, she didn't literally blow anything up or, you know, cause some havoc, but she dropped a bomb, as the young people would say. What did she do? She and I were talking, um, I think it was Monday, and she was talking about, we were talking about the sign and what we should put on the sign, and she said, you know, I had this thought on the way to work, and here's what it was. She said, Jesus is more than a resolution. He is a relationship. Jesus is more than a resolution. He is a relationship. And I thought, my God. She has no clue what the Lord has been stirring in my heart. That this morning, we're going to talk about going deeper in our relationships. Amen. Talk about resolutions for a minute really quick. A few years ago, instead of making a resolution, I made some goals. I think it was in 2017. So it would have been the end of 2016. Talking about God is not a resolution. He's a relationship. For me, one of those goals was to help my family love God. Right? There were about four or five little things that I put on there. And you know what? Each year we get to the next year and I think there's no need to change that. There's no need to change these five things that I have as goals because guess what? I haven't mastered them yet. Amen? I haven't gotten to the point. I, haven't, I can't check that off the list. And so I'm thankful for that. So I want to invite you this morning to take your copy of God's Word and turn over to the book of Acts. Book of Acts. Turn to um, Acts 17. If you want to know what the first church looked like, if you want to know what was happening there after Christ died and the church began to take off, Acts is a picture. It's the history of the church. It's the beginning of how things began. And so this morning, as you saw in your bulletin, I wrote various scriptures, right? Probably for this series, I don't know that we might not necessarily hunker down on one because as we, as we talk about these things, as we talk about going deeper, in this morning in relationships, I had several verses I was looking at. But as I began to study, God said, go deeper in this passage. So we're going to read starting in verse 22. Acts 17, verse 22 and following. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. 
For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What therefore you worship is unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Verse 25, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling places. Verse 27, that they should seek God and perhaps their way towards him and feel their way towards him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. And even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Therefore he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Verse 32, Now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, We will hear you again about this. So here in this particular passage this morning, we have a sermon to heathens. These folks that Paul's speaking to were worshiping false gods. And they were without the true God in their world. It's also important to note that Paul quickly, would have quickly gotten their attention. Because he was quoting one of their great poets. And was thus showing them the error of their ways. They were probably like, wait, how do you know that? How do you know that? Because see, Paul was a learned man. Paul was a smart man. And Paul took the things of the world, these poets, these great philosophers, these things that are being said, and he took them and he turned them on their end and he showed them how they were wrong. Amen? But he's not... So I mean, just imagine that. He, he, he spoke truth into what they knew and into what they were hearing. So let's kind of quickly unpack some of the truths that we saw in this particular verse. Really, it's kind of towards the latter half, starting in verse 25. You know, Paul says, Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. As, as Brother Jimmy prayed this morning, God, thank you for the blessings, but we're, we're coming asking you to, to do more. We're, we're coming confidently and boldly before your throne and asking you to move in the hearts and lives of people who need you, who need the hand of God to move. They're, they're going through surgery. They're going through trials and tribulations. They're having struggles. Verse 27, as we talk about relationships this morning. 
Paul says that they should seek God. God desires a relationship with you. He desires a relationship with me. He desires a relationship with us. And look at what Paul says too, that perhaps they should feel their way towards him and find him. But then look at what else he says, the end of that verse. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. As we look at these verses together, verse 29, then God's offspring, we not ought, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone. An image formed by art and the imagination of man. And as I began to think about that art and imagination of man, how many of you have ever seen the famous portrait of Jesus, right? How many of you have seen the famous portrait of Jesus, right? I don't know about you, but my grandparents, my great grandparents, they had a picture of it. It's called the head of Christ or also called the Solomon head. And it was a 1940 portrait painting of Jesus of Nazareth by the American artist Warner Solomon. And it was an extraordinary successful work of Christian popular devotional art. And listen, it was reproduced half a billion times worldwide by the end of the 20th century. Listen, y'all, Jesus wasn't a blonde, blue-eyed, white guy, right? I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that picture if that calls you to, to remember Christ, but man, remember, remember where he was born, Right? Remember when he was born. I mean, we didn't have Kodak moments and we didn't have paintings and things that survived from that time. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But y'all, don't worship the wrong things. Don't worship the wrong things. So as we're talking about having a relationship, part of that I have to call your attention to in verse 30. It says, The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to... Repent. Repent. Repentance is just simply turning. That you're headed this way. Is, um, so think about my friends that were went to the Citadel. It's what they call an about face. It's you're heading this way and, and you realize that and God shows you that. And you don't just say, okay, God, I was heading this way. Well, now I'm just going to change my trip. I'm going to head this way just a little bit. No, if you're heading, if you're heading this way right here, if this is the way that you're going, a repentance and about face is that you're going to turn and you're going to go the opposite direction. Amen. That's what God is calling men to do is to repent that all that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There are men and women, boys and girls that are walking their way into hell. And we know the answer. And we know the way. But we don't share it. But some people don't want to hear it. Verse 32. Now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. But others said, we will hear you again about this. Some mocked. I love the New Living Translation. It says, some laughed 
in contempt. You see, Paul's speech received a mixed reaction. Some laughed and some wanted more information and a few believed. Can I tell you something this morning? Don't hesitate to tell others about Christ because you fear some won't believe. Don't expect a unanimous positive response to your witnessing. Can I tell you, as as I read that thought, as I was studying, I said, God, thank you for that reminder. Because as I preach and I teach and I try to point you to the ways of God, there is not, we're not unanimously heading in the, all in the right direction. Amen. There are some that think their spiritual gift is the gift of criticism. But that is not what we're to be about. We're to be about making much of Jesus. And so as we witness, even if a few, and can I tell you this morning, even if one believes, it's worth the effort. So God wants you to seek Him. That's what Paul tells us this morning in Acts. It's saying He's saying that they should seek God and perhaps fill their way towards Him and find Him. And then He tells us an all-important truth, yet He is actually not far from each of us. You might not be close to God, but what you need to realize is He is closer than you, to you than you realize. Why does God want you to seek Him? Because He desires a relationship with you. He wants there to be time spent together. We know that Scripture tells us that we are created in His image. You are special to Him. You were created to worship. And worship involves seeking God and getting to know who He is. But can I remind you of something else this morning, guys? That with God or with man, relationships take time. Right? They take time. You just can't immediately get to know somebody. Sometimes I, I kind of rush into a situation and it's like I'm you know, willing to kind of let some of my guard down to kind of connect with people. But I've learned over time that it not only takes sometimes days... It doesn't take months, but it takes years to really begin to connect with someone. There's a family that we know that um, when I served in Turbyville, his grandparents invited us into their house. They would feed anywhere from probably 30 to 36 people. That was on average. Every Sunday morning, his grandmother would feed them. They invited us in. Um, the only thing she let me bring was styrofoam divided plates. So needless to say, we went to Sam's, here's styrofoam divided plates. But there's a young man by the name of Chris Edge, and Chris was her grandson. Chris and I were the same age. I was in his grandmother's house. They went to First Baptist Turbyville. So they, we, went, we went to church together, and every other Sunday he ate with his grandmother, and the other Sunday he ate with his in-laws who live out in New Zion. So here it was, I worshiped with him, we talked, I was in the house eating dinner, breaking bread with him, but it still took almost a year or a year and a half before we really began to connect. 
And what a valuable lesson the Lord taught me about that. That with God and with man, relationships take time. Y'all, they involve asking questions, but they're built on listening. Can I challenge you this morning that will you get out of going through the routine and desire a relationship? God, I want to know you more. What a simple prayer we could begin to pray in the beginning of 2019. God, I want to know you more. Very simply, I want to go deeper. What a prayer. What a prayer. And that's going to look different for each of us. And I thought as we were, as I was discussing this, what area of your life have you not surrendered to God? What do you struggle with? What are you anxious about? Turn it over to God. Seek Him. Look for what He says in His Word. Surrender it and trust Him. Again, a simple prayer. You might have one avenue. I don't know what it is. I don't even want to begin to name some of them. But we all struggle. We all have different burdens. What if we simply prayed, God, help me. God, help me. So we've talked about going deeper with God. I want to touch on going deeper with man. There's a comment, there's, there's, it's important as a follower of Christ that we seek God, that we go deeper with Him, but we're also called to go deeper with fellow man. Kerry Newhoff, I've quoted him. I, I love, he's a brilliant mind. He says this, If the goal is to do life together, to engage in mission together, to quite literally change the world together, well, that involves actual human relationships. Amen. If the church is going to be on mission and to be what God has called it to be, to reach those around us, to reach its community, it's going to require us seeking the Lord and digging deeper with one another, getting to know one another better, loving one another, serving together, being on mission together. And you have an opportunity this week. Right? You have an opportunity to go deeper this week. Not only are you here this morning, but you have an opportunity to go deeper this week as we kick off small groups. And the thing I love about the way we've done the small groups this particular time of year in the winter is they're short term. I'm not asking you to commit to the rest of your life to show up on Wednesday nights. Maybe you go to the prayer group and maybe you take a break from that for four weeks to be with other women, to study about women of the Bible. What better way to do that? I don't know. Maybe it's that you're not doing anything on Wednesday night. And as a lady, there's an opportunity. There is a way for you to dig deeper with other women, right? 
I'm going to be leading a group that will last about five or six weeks. It's a short-term commitment. I'm not asking, we're not asking for you to sign up for something and you got to do it until God calls you home. A couple weeks. There's an opportunity to go deeper. I love as I scrolled through Twitter this week that Robbie Gallaty, y'all have heard me mention him a lot, that Robbie Gallaty spoke right to the heart of the topic that we're talking about this morning, about going deeper in our faith and connecting with fellow believers and friends and those God places in our path. Listen to what he said. Disciple-making includes both evangelism, that's inviting someone to Christ, and discipleship, investing in someone as they grow into the image of Christ. If we only engage in one, we aren't carrying out the Great Commission. Disciple makers will reproduce their lives in others. Do you get a picture of what he's saying? Disciple makers will reproduce their lives in others. That, that's scary to me, right? Because you reproduce who you are, not what you want to be. So if someone who's leading you is leading a small group, I, I need to be seeking the Lord, amen? Because I don't want... My favorite verse, 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. If someone was to imitate Chris Moore, would they look more like Jesus or would they look more like the world? That's a challenge. God calls us to be in community because it's all about relationships. We have to seek God. We have to study His Word. Allow it to change our hearts and minds. To encourage us. To challenge us. To convict us. And to empower us to take the gospel to our circles. And the way that that happens is through a continued relationship with God and others. Who you hang around matters. Amen? Proverbs 13.20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Hebrews 10.24 and 25, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting meeting together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the day more as you see the day drawing near. Your relationship with God is vital to your Christian walk. And allow me this morning to speak to a variety of people, as I do most Sundays. Singles, y'all listen up. Couples, lean in. Widows, I'm speaking to you. And children, I'm talking to you as well. The health of your relationships with your spouse, with your family, with your friends, with your church family, should also reflect your personal walk with the Lord. I have some work to do. How about you? You see, Jesus should be the number one relationship that you desire. If you get that one right, well, the rest 
will fall into place. Amen? And I want you to think about it for a minute. What keeps us from connecting with God and others? What? What did you say? Distractions. Distractions. Well, go deeper. And there's one little word. One three-letter word. Sin. Right? We've got to repent. We've got to turn and to ask for forgiveness. And we must extend forgiveness. Jesus came and gave us the example. He died that you might have the power. Think about this. That you might have the power to live and to love like him. Really quickly. Relationships are built on trust. And you play a part in that, right? You do. So really quickly, I'll be glad to share this with you if you'd like. I can text it to you. I can email it to you. You can take a picture of it. 13 trust behaviors. Really quick. I I ran across this in a, a group I was at one time with a group of pastors. And a counselor came in, Christian counselor came in, and he shared these. And I wrote them down and... They're beside my desk. Do I always hit the nail on the head with these? No. 13 trust behaviors. Talk straight. Demonstrate respect. Create transparency. Right wrongs. Show loyalty. Deliver results. Get better. Confront reality. Clarify expectations. Practice accountability. Listen first. Keep commitments. And extend trust. Not only do we need to extend trust... And to get to know others, but we are called to go deeper in our relationships with those around us. With everybody? No. No, we can't go deep with everybody. Listen, I heard it, I heard it said this past fall as I was listening to another message from a pastor friend of mine. He said, we can only maintain a maximum of 12 relationships. A maximum of 12 relationships. And and from there that you can have 25 to 40 intimate acquaintances. Okay? And that you can have 75 acquaintances. So you think about your Facebook friends or everybody in this church. Can you get to know all of them? No. You can really have 12 deep relationships. 25 to 40 intimate acquaintances and 75 acquaintances. Listen, as we think about this notion of going deeper, that might require you to let go of some and go deeper with others. Take an acquaintance that you know. How do you go deeper? Really quickly, you have to be intentional. You have to invite them into your life. And you have to invest in their life. And as believers, can, can I lean in and tell you that you also have to invest in their spiritual 
journey. You have to walk alongside of them. And the same goes with God. Be intentional. Invite Him in. Carve out time to invest in yourself and your spiritual journey. As we close this morning, guys, we have to get right. We have to get our relationship with God straight before we can worry about any other relationship. As we think about working on our relationship with the Lord, then we also need to have to ask ourselves as we hear a message about going deeper. And being on mission, being a disciple maker for Christ, we have to ask ourselves this. What relationship do I need to go deeper in? So this morning, maybe your prayer might simply be, Lord, I want a deeper relationship with you and with those around me. This morning as we as we close our service, I want to call you to pray for 2019. Amen. I, I'd like to just open the altar and I'd like for Ms. Betsy to continue to pray. I play. And I invite you at this time to, to pray. God, how can I go deeper with you? And Lord, who do I need to go deeper with around me? Will you also take this opportunity as we enter a new year? Will you take a, take a moment to pray for our church? Will you take a moment to pray for the ministries of this church? Will you take a moment to pray that people might be saved and that people would take their next step toward Jesus? So I invite you this morning, every head bow, every eye closed. If you will, the altar is open. Betsy's going to continue to play for just a, a few moments, a few minutes. And I invite you at this time, will you come, will you pray, will you ask God about going deeper with Him and deeper with those around you? Seek His face and pray what He's placed on your heart. Amen.